the NFL stands for not for long. Set Sharga and Armstead. Roll out. Walker still running out. Looks to the left. Wide open. Thompson touchdown. Colin Thompson with the touchdown. There was nobody within 20 yards. What of a catch off the bobble. Colin Thompson scoops it up. Lofting quarter of the end zone. It is caught for the touchdown. The first NFL touch for Colin Thompson is a score. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Colin Thompson Show. Appreciate everybody tuning in. Everything we do here at Not For Long Media, brought to you by Fudge Kitchen. The best fudge in the world. Don't just ask me. Ask everybody who's had it. If you haven't had it or your friends haven't had it, buy them some fudge. Fudgekitchens.com. Check them out. Great flavors. Literally the best unique flavors in the world that aren't just the vanilla chocolate peanut butter. They got everything. Truck cover, strawberries, pretzels, the whole nine. Check them out. Fudgekitchens.com. If you can't get down to Jersey Shore, they have six, seven, eight locations down there from Ocean City all the way down to Cape May. Jack Connell, it is playoff time. We are done the first weekend of the NFL playoffs. We've had some crazy games. We've had some coaches get fired of non-playoff teams. We've yet to have a coach get fired from a playoff team. Uh, we talked about on the show last week, I did think one or multiple coaches will get fired from a playoff team, no matter how far they advance, because there's some things that are malpractice, if you will. So I can't get into it because I've said it before. I have one more year of trying to make it in this league, and I'm not going to go through all those things. But what Jack and I are going to do later in the show is we're going to go through different things and kind of rapid fire the coaches we could think, places we'll think teams will be, when they who they're going to hire, who the right hire is, things like that. But there's tons of impact from the weekend before. But, Jack, before we get into all that, I want to hear your thoughts. Are, is there a game that stuck out to you this weekend that you just love watching for a certain reason? Obviously, we had a blowout. Texans blew out the Browns. Chiefs won big. Packers won big. Eagles lost big, Bills won big, and really the only true close game was the Lions and the Rams. Yeah, I, I mean, that's literally it. The, the answer is just the only game that was competitive in the third quarter. I mean, it's, it's a shame. Like, I love weather games, so like, I was really looking forward to that Steelers-Bills game. I fully 1,000% understand why it's postponed. It was the best decision to postpone, but it robbed us of a good weather game. I... I, I I had a parlay that was very dependent on the weather and the line shift. It's not why I was looking forward to the game, but it was just a bummer because like it was the, the line was under 33 points. I don't really bet much, but I was like, oh, it seems fun. Like I got nothing else to do. It was five bucks. The under was 33 and I did a lot of running props. Of course, the line shifted to 39 points after they moved the money, which wouldn't have hit anyways. But still, it. but I mean, it's just like the Lions Rams game was so fun to watch. I mean, yeah. just watching the way Stafford and Goff just surgically just move down the field. And it's just the, the storylines on top of it, too. Just the offenses in general. It was just it was so fun to watch. It really was. It really was. I just want to give a shout out to a you know, friend of the show, guy I play with, Alex Anzalone. Uh He's a stud and he's probably one of the most underrated players in the NFL. He's a middle linebacker for the. Detroit Lions, he plays next to Campbell, the high draft pick they had, the kid at Iowa they took. He runs around and makes tons of plays. I, the Detroit Lions' entire team, I don't think people realize how good that roster is. Like, Dan Campbell steals the show. But really, that roster is loaded. That offensive line is loaded. The receivers group is great. 
the tight end who they drafted is one of the best in the league, if not the best in the league at the current moment of time. Uh, their running backs are fantastic. Jared Goff, extremely underrated, as we're all finding out and seeing. And then defensively, they have difference makers on all three levels of the defense. Home field advantage is fantastic. Detroit is just such a fun, fun story. And then to get matched up against the Rams team, who, let's be honest, people wrote them off completely, the Rams, completely before the season. McVay could be his last year, right? They're all talking about retirement. Like, there's a lot of juice around the Rams now, and the Rams become really irrelevant. I mean, really relevant, excuse me, in the NFC playoff picture and the NFC picture moving forward next year. I think they become very, very relevant. They're working on a new facility for them, too. I know their facilities before weren't that great. It was a unique situation. They were, like, out of a trailer. Um, so, long story short, lots to talk about on the show today. But really what I want to start with is this. Congratulations, Jason Kelsey, on an absolutely amazing career. Amazing, amazing career. I think Jason Kelsey is, will be, forever will be the number one Philadelphia sports athlete of all time. The combination of all things. Impact on the community, connection to the fans, stature, success on the field, team success connectability through the roof. The guy raises money at a charity at a bar down the Jersey Shore in the summer and drinks with fans all day. The guy is an all-pro and could go down as the best center of all time. The guy is the centerpiece of the Tush Push, which is one of the most discussed and forever will be the most discussed plays about this Eagles error. So, Jason Kelsey, you are an absolute, absolute legend, and I think he's the most likable player of all time because he's so so relatable he's so easy to get along with when people come across him I was fortunate enough to meet him at the NFL broadcast boot camp and he was awesome and we have some mutual friends and we work out the same gym down the Jersey Shore and he's just the best guy and he also happens to be a six-time all-pro a dad a husband like he'll never pay for a beer in Philly obviously and he's an absolute legend playing this late in his career to be an all-pro is ridiculous, is ridiculous. Players all worry about going out on top and what's that like. Yeah, they didn't go out on top as a team, but he can walk off the field in his own power. And the pure fact that he was all pro is amazing. Jack, what do you think his legacy is like in Philly? Oh, it's undeniable. There'll never be anybody like him, to be completely honest. I, it's I mean, I really, you said everything perfect. The one thing I kind of wanted to touch on relevant, something you mentioned there at the end, I do, I mean, and this is something that kind of was on Twitter a lot. I don't, in very, very rare circumstances, there is no such thing as a storybook ending in the NFL or most sports in general. Well, it's very much of the very unceremonious ends go out with a womp for many reasons. Like you talk about Peyton Manning, like Peyton Manning won a Super Bowl in his last year, but Peyton Manning was not very good that he was carried by that defense. Tom Brady, Tom Brady went out with a whimper in the divisional round. Jason Kelsey went out like this in the wild card round. There are countless and countless and Joe Flacco. I mean, he might not be done, but like that whole Brown story ends with Over. two pick sixes and a blowout in the wild card. So, yep. I mean, it's it, I say this too. It shouldn't Jason Kelsey shouldn't be knocked down for, I don't really think he is for how things ended because it literally the greatest player of all time went out and one round later and, and not as big a blow, but like they 
unceremonious ends are a thing in the NFL for everybody. It just depends what, what you consider. Is it team success? Is it personal success? Like, sometimes it's successful just to be able to walk off the field after your 17th week playing in the NFL. Like, I'll never forget. My first year in Carolina, when we played New Orleans, last game at home, last game there was grass in Carolina too, RIP to that. Great grass. was the best grass in the NFL voted on by many players. I was like, started thinking about, like, imagine if you get hurt in the last game of the season. Your entire offseason is toast. And I've had buddies get hurt, right? Like, last play of the season could be the last play of your career. Now, you're not, like, thinking about it. You're just something that pops in your head, right? Like the demon that comes in your head with anything you do. So, yeah, Jason, you're a freaking legend. I want to move on to another legend now. How about Baker Mayfield? Like, this guy has been counted out how many times? By so many different teams, franchises, media members, everybody. Even in college, coming out of high school, he walked on a Texas Tech. He had baseball scholarships, but he walked on a Tech and earned his way to literally being the top player in college football and the number one player in the NFL draft. And then here we are, the guy gets beaten up physically, mentally over the last, what, four or five years. And now he's on top of the football world, 22 for 36, three 130, excuse me, 337 yards and three TDs. Won six out of the last seven games. Like, that's more important than any stat. So, he's going to sign a multi-year deal there. I think they're crazy not to sign him there. And another bit of stability for Tampa. Like, the Tom Brady error was amazing and all this juice and reinvigorated probably a lot of that fan base. And then you have Baker Mayfield and you really don't know what's next. And then all of a sudden, you find yourself in the playoffs beating the Philadelphia Eagles, not just beating them, but embarrassing them. So, shout out to Baker. It was awesome to get to know him in Carolina, spend some time with him, have some fun with him on and off the field. Great guy, great teammate. Really excited for him and his wife. They're they're expecting. So he, he's in a great spot in Tampa. We'll see what the free agency market offers. I mean, there could be a team that comes in and wants a starting quarterback, and they may go after him, and Tampa may not be able to get him. So we'll see what happens with Baker Mayfield. All right, Jack. <clears throat> Is it time? What do you think? Is it time? Actually, you know what? I'm going to get into the Eagles team. I'm going to get into this Eagles team because there's a lot to unpack with the Eagles, but I'm going to start with this. Here's what the Eagles are. When you were growing up and you're playing basketball and you're out there with kids your age and you know, you're know you're trying to win to stay on the field, on the court, excuse me. You're trying to win to stay on the court and a team shows up and it's the older kids. You're like, damn, man, the run's over, right? Because the kids are two years older than you. They all play for the high school basketball team. Maybe you're in seventh grade and they're like, ninth grade freshman team guys. And it's like the starting five come walking up to the court. And you got no shot. You got no shot. These guys are loaded with talent. They're bigger, stronger, faster. They play as a team. They have experience together. They've won together in the past. Versus like you and your buddies who are out there just mucking it up, having fun. And you come out and they're chucking threes and they're trying to throw alley-oops to each other. And it's not working. And you beat them the first game. Then the second game, they want to run it back, right? They take it a little bit more seriously, and they're giving more effort, but they're still messing around a little bit, and you beat them again. Then the third time, blood, sweat, and tears, bloody noses, guys are boxing out, guys are calling crazy foul calls that aren't foul calls, right, making excuses. Then you find yourself beating them the third time, and you're like, man, those guys maybe weren't so good. And I think that's really kind of what, the Philadelphia Eagles are like roster wise, one of the best in the league on paper. Everything's great. 
coaching staff, front office, owner, stadium, fan base. Like, Eagles are legit. But they just didn't show up on the basketball court. Like, they didn't show up. And that's what I think fans are getting it twisted too. Like, a lot of coaches and people get fired in this business. But at the end of the day, like, you got to perform as a player. And there's only so many plays you can run. And I'm sure some of those guys in the Eagles building are saying, I, I think I need to have a better year this year. 100%. And it falls on them. But contractually, right, you can't cut guys or what trade guys or whatever it may be. But I think the Eagles are that team on the court that showed up, you know, thinking they're the big bad boys and the older kids that were going to beat up on the younger kids on the basketball court. And then all of a sudden you look up and you're like, holy cow, you just got smoked. I mean, other than two games this year, Miami and Tampa early in the season, they were the two games they look like the Philadelphia Eagles that I know. Other than that, I mean, they won some close games, but did they win a lot of those close games or did teams lose those close games? I think that's an art in itself and a win's a win. Yeah, I get it. But really tough times in Philly. I think there's drastic changes coming. Who knows to what part of the organization. But on the field, off the field, there's drastic changes coming. Jack, what do you think is going on in Philly? Yeah, I mean, they're very clear. it's very clearly by things you saw on the field that there is definitely issues within the coaching and just like things are doing, play calling, whatnot. And then also issues within the players between effort and tackling and all of that sorts of stuff. But it's you talk about the close games and everything. And I was on the other side of that. I've said this was like they were fine. They were showing toughness to win games. A lot of people were on that. So it's very I. poetic that this had lingered all season. And it was like that pull in your shirt. You just slowly pull and the whole thing starts unraveling. Like you start seeing, oh, well, they're blowing games, but like Kansas City, like, oh, Valdez Scaling dropped it, but they were able to hold on. Like they got it done. Miami, they beat them in overtime. Jalen Hurts got the QB draw for the touchdown. Those issues were there, but because the ball was rolling in their favor, nobody was worried about it. It was just, oh, they were getting it done. Don't worry about it. They were able to win. Doesn't matter. Now they're starting to lose those games and things start unraveling, decisions that are made, and injuries uncover issues that have pre-existing issues that talent covered up. And it's just really the, like the best example I saw. I don't know if I talked about here on the show, like, um, like a best, like an NBA comparison. Like you, you the, it's the issue you see with a lot, like the Kevin Durant super teams. They got four stars on the court four and all MVP type guys. And when they're hot, they are hot. It doesn't matter. Coaching doesn't matter. Cause they got four guys that can take a jumper over anybody. They can do anything, but to get those guys, you lose all your depth and the issues are in the back end coaching, whatever. You don't see it when everybody's healthy. When one of those guys goes down for one of the two weeks, another bench guy enters the lineup, your depth gets a little thinner. You got to rely on your coaching a little bit more. Doesn't look that great. Best example is kind of seemed like the Doc River Celtics. You had four Hall of Famers out there on the court, but when they started getting a little older and guys were getting injured and Doc Rivers had to get a little more creative, it unraveled. Didn't look great. So... There'll be massive massive overhaul to the roster. Probably more than people think. There'll be some guys that are going to be showing the door and people are going to be like, oh, what? And then people will start puzzling, you know, putting the puzzle pieces together. But who knows? I think everybody's to blame in losing situations. Like it's, I was in Carolina, guys. It was a mess. I thought a lot of people did a lot of really good things. And sometimes it wasn't enough to pull us out of the muck. And we all took responsibility. Like when Coach Rule got fired, there was guys in that room some felt like they had a bit responsibility and some said, you know, I had my guy, you know, 
and the leaders are the ones and the guys that were good are like, man, we, we, we lost like this, this was a failure. We failed. So, you know, that's the real dudes I think, but the problem is it's a short-term league, right? So like you're one and done this league's Oh, I mean, I, I'm in seven years. I only have two credited seasons. I don't even have my pension. So, right. Like <clears throat> it's easy to be like, be a team guy. And then all of a sudden you're like at home hanging out doing a podcast with Jack, which I love to do. But it's uh, I did them anyways when I was playing. So I digress. Yeah, the Eagles team, we'll see, man. I I, I don't know what to, to to expect. I don't think if anybody says I know what the problem with the Eagles are, I think they're lying. Unless somebody inside the organization, this is the problem. Like you can't. What is it? There's a million of them. There's there's maybe ten. You could circle ten to fifteen things, and maybe some things that you think are problem probably aren't. I always have Sean the size back here, but I mean, come on. Whatever. I don't want to get into it because I want to make sure I'm good to go. And when I'm done playing, I can rip and yell and do all those things. One thing I can do, Jack, I can predict who gets jobs that are open. I want to hear your thoughts on your team first. Do you have it organized? I am going to, to go have first? it here. Do you want me to go first? You can go first because it's taking a little bit to scroll. Oh, no, I'm ready. So, of the job openings I have. So, I think the easy, the two easy layups in my mind, the most, the simplest is Jim Harbaugh to the Chargers. Makes the most sense for both parties. They need a GM. I mean, they haven't hired a GM. Harbaugh is somebody. So yeah, Harbaugh. I'm gonna say Ben Johnson to Washington, Mike Vrabel's a Cowboy, Dan Quinn to the Seahawks, Bill Belichick to the Atlanta Falcons, Steve Wilkes to Carolina, and Antonio Pierce stays in Las Vegas. I like it. I like it. That's some good one there. So you think Mike McCarthy's gonna get fired in Dallas? I do think so, yes. Hmm. So I don't have anybody on my list of people that are going to get fired or aren't going to get fired or whatever. I just have the current opening. So I got Harbaugh with the Chargers. I got Mike McDonald with Atlanta. I got Dan Quinn in Seattle. Bobby Slowick with the Titans. I like what he's done with a rookie quarterback in with uh, in Houston. I could see the Titans won in that similar situation. Offensive head coach going from a Mike Vrabel situation, which is a defensive head coach. I like Ben Johnson in Washington. I think that makes sense for him. A really good match. He's the hottest coordinator. He's going to the team with cap space and a new objective and a future and a plan. And that's a historic franchise that's had success. And obviously, they're trying to do it a different way, maybe the right way this time. The Raiders, Antonio Pierce. Obviously, I want Steve Wilkes to get the Panthers job, but I don't even know if they've interviewed him yet or asked for an interview yet. So that's a whole nother discussion. Who knows how that goes down? But I think a sleepy candidate and someone I think is going to be up for the Panthers job and will connect with ownership there and probably connect with whoever their GM is going to be. It looks like it could be Dan Morgan, who is the assistant GM already, is Frank Smith with the Dolphins. I played for Frank with the Bears, tight end coach, O-line coach. He's coached just about everything, and he's coached at every single level. He's like humble, blue collar. Like His press conferences are amazing. When it comes to this, like, ah, I don't even know what I'm doing here. Like, I'm an offensive coordinator of the Dolphins. We're scoring a bunch of points, and I'm just some kid from a small town from a blue-collar family. So I think that's going to connect with Mr. Tepper, and I think he's going to be a fit there in Carolina and be a good match. So I think Mike Vrabel is sitting out a year, and I think Bill Belichick sitting out a year. I do. I do. I think personally, I don't know. what I mean, I, who knows? These are. I think there now there could be some more job openings. I think there's going to be some of these bigger playoff teams that are going to open up. I've said it before, one or two, maybe three may get fired, may get fired. Who knows? But I, I personally think Bill Belichick's sitting out. I do. I think there's some teams in the future 
that are going to come open that are going to be very enticing to him, more enticing than Atlanta. And he's been grinding and working for how long? A long time. So to take a year off, it's really not take a year off. It's like take six months off. And then I'm sure he can hang out and go to training camps and just chill, get ready in the fall, see how the puzzle pieces fall. There's always somebody who gets moved on from from a team that no one expects. Seattle with Pete Carroll, right? Bill Belichick moving on, Mike Vrabel in Tennessee. But if those rosters are up to par and he can come in and just turn the key and roar, I think Bill Belichick, somebody to keep an eye on sitting out the year personally. Now, that's no sources or whatever. Jack, I know Grid disagrees with me. We've talked about it on the phone. I know he likes the Atlanta thing for multiple reasons and some really good reasons. I just think he's going to sit the year. I do. It's just a hunch. It's just a hunch. Why not? Why not? I know he's older. I know the record's in touch. But take a year, revitalize yourself, and go. There's been some fun rumors around Belichick and Saban, too, by the way. Like them buying a team and coaching together, them doing a podcast together, a bunch of different stuff. Yeah, I mean, Belichick, I can see, I only see him sitting out if he wants a job that's personal to him, whether that be the Giants, the Jets, the only team, like maybe that, I mean, the, the Bears. It's just Atlanta seems like such the perfect fit. I mean, there's some big like brands I've, come. There's some big brands could, that could possibly come open next week, next year, if things unravel. And then count another big brand that looks perfect and shiny right now, that's going to come open. I don't know what that is, but it's going to be this year's Seattle, right? Yeah, I, we'll see. We'll see. Like he just bought a house in uh, Jupiter, Florida. He's an East Coast guy. We'll see, Jack. Maybe he'll we'll be see. in Annapolis. Who knows? He loves Navy. That's football. what I said. Personally, he should take the year off. You know, just hang out and uh, volunteer for Navy football. Ride his boat down here, hang out, chop it up. I mean, I, he likes to go to Cantler's over here. He was his Annapolis high school grad. Oh, grad. Maybe I'll grab a couple beers with him, Jack, and then convince him to sign a 32-year-old tight end at that point in time. <laughs> see how that goes. What do you think, Bill? What do you think? <laughs> All right, guys, I appreciate every tuning in. Check out our friends at Wealth Advisory Services, wealthadvisoryservices.com. If you don't know them, you should. They're the best. They've been so good to me and my wife, my family, working for us, working with us, excuse me, for 10, whatever it was, 15 years. And they're with a bunch of my friends in the NFL, college football, coaches, players, Wealth Advisory Services, awesome financial advice, guidance, help us buy multiple properties. They're the best, wealthadvisoryservices.com. Check Paul and Dave and their team 100 years of experience out what else we got jack anything before we wrap things up i want to touch on this this slate coming up on the weekend yeah it's just really i guess if you have any thoughts on the upcoming playoff games in the division round we got joel and b versus nikola Jokic as we talk or well oh, two minutes take a nap wake me up in the playoffs when they're playing in the finals jack colin gillespie's balling out for denver i don't know if colin's with the um, i know he's been with the with the um whatever, not triple A team, the G League team or whatever it's G called League. now. Yeah. Yes. But balling out like triple doubles, like crazy. So it's really good to see him coming off an injury, balling out. Really happy for Colin. Texans Ravens Saturday. There's gonna be some snow here on Friday. It's probably not gonna affect the game. But you know, to me, this screams like Texans great run, really good team. You're gonna be around a while, but like you're entering the big boy class now of the AFC at home on the road, cold environment. Texans are an indoor football team. I like the Ravens in this game. I like them big. I, I even though I love the Texans, and they're so fun to watch. I just think this Ravens team 
coming off rest is scary. This is a physical group who gets beat up throughout the year. Practice hard, play hard. They are a running physical stop the run defense. Like Roquan's had two weeks off now. Like they're going to be flying fresh and ready to go in prime for a Super Bowl run. So I don't usually do picks, but I like the Ravens in this one. I think big too. They're going to have a great game. Packers, Niners. I think it's a similar situation. Packers, really fun. Jordan Love. I mean, this guy, what the Packers have done, Brett Favre and Rogers, Jordan Love. Are you kidding me? Like, that's insane. So I'm really excited for what the future is for the Packers. What a young, fun team. A lot to build on. And they'll probably get a free agent or two this year if they're interested in because they just have that young, fun juice to them where it's a tough place to get free agents. But again, you're 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 on the road playing the Niners. Very similar to the Ravens-Texans game. Like, you're entering the big boy class now. Like, watch out. And, you know, the Packers were like a running football team, ton of play action under center. The Ra- the Niners will be prepared for that. They face that every day in practice, and they face the play action pass. They do really well with that. They match up defensively very well with the Packers' offense. So, I think Bosa can really, really wreck that game. Something to keep on there. I'll go with the Niners. Lions and Bucks. Sunday, 3 o'clock game, and I love these just staggered starts, and it's awesome. It's going to be just a great weekend of watching football. So much fun. It's a shame it's winding down. It's happening quicker than we want. But Lions-Bucks, really, really another game that's going to be really interesting. But I like the Bucks, I really do. But I I don't know if anybody can talent-wise match up with the Lions, maybe other than the Niners and the NFC. Their roster, like we talked about earlier in the show, up and down is just loaded, player for player, just loaded. And they play really well, and they're at home. It's going to be loud. The second week in a row, they're at home. The momentum is crazy. The buzz in Detroit is through the roof. So I like the Lions in this one, too. And I, I, you know, I think I don't think it's going to be as close as people think either. I I really like the Lions. I think you're going to get three games there that are going to be, you know, 10 plus point wins because of how deep the Ravens, Niners and Lions are. And then the Bills Chiefs closest game of the weekend by far. What Chiefs team are you going to get? What Bills team are you going to get? What quarterback are you going to get from both these teams? Like, are they going to be MVP type quarterbacks? Are they going to be making mistakes? Like, the Steelers literally gave the game to the Bills. Like, that game is way closer than it should be. Three turnovers early in the game. I think it was three turnovers in the first quarter, maybe half. So that was really ugly. Bills, Chiefs, that's a toss up. You know what, though? I, I just think the momentum behind this Bills team has just been really fun to watch. The emergency of the emergence of Josh Allen under Joe Brady is something to watch too. But Joe Brady's someone that I think if you win again, you got to interview him. He got interviews after his first year with the Panthers. We had a really good offensive year that year. So I'm going to go Bills there too. So a lot of whew, it's going to be just chaos, Jack. Any thoughts on there? Anything where you think I'm wrong? No, I mean, it's, I just, it's a shame. Like, I feel like Bills Chiefs would make for a really good. NFC AFC championship. But I mean, Baltimore, I mean, it's just, it's t- like, this is the sad point of the season where it's like, I love watching six of these teams on a weekly basis. And I have to like now pick and choose to just now only I get to watch four of them, two of them. It's done. Like it's, it's a sad feeling knowing that I'm not going to be able to watch another week of both Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen for seven months now. Yeah. And it's that, that's, that's kind of my thought. It's, it's just a shame to see. CC's, but that's how football and life is, you know. That's life, Jack. Seasons come to an end. <laughs> seasons come to an end, Jack. Oh, seasons came to an end early at Hapro Horsham, though. Not our Archbishop boy, that's for sure. Right, Jack? 
I love showing. Uh, I listen, love I had the best seat. We my class was the best in like twenty years there. So I How hold my head high. How many wins? We like sat like six and five every year. We were like the only class to be consistently over five hundred since like two thousand five. So right still. tackle, Jack Canada, the best. You're the best, Jackie. Thanks for all you do. Thanks to all our team and not for long media. We're rocking and rolling. Check out all our shows. See if I can do them, Jack. Let's see if I can guess them. Sam Boner Show, Sideline Hustle, uh, Training Thoughts with Tori Smith, Showtime Speaks, Colin Thompson Show, Breaking Bats, uh, Fair But Firm and Larry Flowers, Burns and Berman. For sure, it's everything. Is that everything? I'm going to forget somebody. Yeah. <laughs> Colin doesn't care. No, I do care. I just got, we have a lot. A lot of shows. It's been a blast. Check out all our shows at Not For Long Media. Check out ah, our geez. website. Ah, geez. With Harry Mays and Jason Matitis. I just listened to their show yesterday from last week. They're hysterical. So a bunch of shows. A lot of fun and Not For Long. Check us out. Go to our website. Want to buy a hat merch. We got a bunch of stuff. Breaking Bats hats. My hat. Not For Long Media hats. We got shirts. Columbia. Patagonia. A little bit of everything. I don't know if we have Patagonia. I just threw that in there. So, all right. Enough out of me. Mike Gill's show. I was on Mike's show uh, Tuesday at 2.30, recording this, me and Jack, Tuesday at 7.30. So I was on Mike's show earlier today. Check it out. He's the best. 97.3 ESPN. I think he's the best sports talk radio guy in Philly area. Download the 97.3 app and listen to him. Appreciate everybody tuning in. It's going to be a fun week. See what happens. Enjoy. This is bigger than X's and O's, Jimmy's and Joe's, or is it not? When you watch that team play, I mean, it doesn't even look like a high school football team. Have you ever seen a team that seems so ill-prepared? Mike, I'll go back to what I said last week when I joined your show. Thanks for having me. I love coming on, talking to all the people down the Jersey Shore. If somebody has the answer to the Philadelphia Eagles, they're lying to you. Because there's a million things going on right now. You can make everybody in the entire, in my opinion, everybody top down is accountable for what's happened. Like, you can't just say it's on the head coach. You can't just say it's on the players or the quarterback. You can't just say it's on, it, it's somebody new every week. Like, they'll bring a four-man pressure and Lander Dickerson, who's a pro bowler, all pro, like the guy's a moose. And he's getting drove back off the football right into Jalen's lap. I believe it was on the safety. And which is on Jalen. He's got to get rid of it. But, like, that's on Landon. He's a great player. And then, like, Lane Johnson gets beat. He never gets beat. They're bringing pressure. But then they don't have answers to pressure either. And that's on the coaching staff. Like, there needs to be – Todd Bowles brings pressure. It's no secret. I talked about it on the show with you last week. Like, he's a pressure guy. Okay, great. You have meetings throughout the week where the quarterback says, okay, guys, if I see this, I'm going to that. And then the coach will say, I love that. But you also have this in your toolbox. Like, are they having those meetings? And then defensively, like – I don't know, man. The defense is like pursuit and effort. Like, watch the Detroit Lions play football. Yes, they have great players. I get it. They have great linebackers, great D-line, great DBs, but the Eagles do too. Like, I get it. They're not playing great, but they still have great players. But they pursuit and they hit. They pursuit and hit, period. Like, they bring the wood if you watch Detroit. And, like, there's some guys on that defense, people don't even know their names, and they bring the wood. So, I think there's a passion. There's a passion misstep. Who's responsible for that? In some buildings, it's leadership, players. Sometimes it's the coach. But Mike, it's a little bit of everybody top down from the from the owner to the you know the people that make the food. It, it's it's a really tough situation in Philly right now, and I don't think anybody truly knows the answer. Yeah, I, I mean, I think there's a, a an element of what you're saying is right. There isn't just one problem. This is a multitude of problems. 
But yesterday, before the game even starts, you get an article coming out that basically talks about finger pointing and people questioning. And that's not good on the day of your playoff game. So doesn't that kind of speak to you that there's got to be some sort of more to the story than just they don't have enough talent and the they're not prepared? They have plenty of talent. We know that, right? Like preseason, everybody sits there and ranks the rosters and the Eagles are top five, top three. Some people haven't been one. Mike, I, I don't know. And I, I try to go back and watch the tape. I see the same stuff that we saw before that was problems, right? Like, it's not like you see the Eagles week to week after like two, three weeks of like sliding and you're like, okay, this is a different football club. They're trying new stuff. It's the same stuff, really is. And the regression of Jalen Hurts, like, is it regression or he's always kind of been that way, but now that's it's exposing a, some a things? Question. That's a big question, Colin. You signed this guy, and, and I didn't love the deal, and it's not that he didn't earn it last year, but when you only play one year at that level, that's hard to say you deserve that type of money. you got to do that for multiple years. But the way the NFL is set up, oh, we'll hurt his feelings if we bring him back on the same deal. He outperformed. I mean, that's why this is a joke. You play your contract that you agreed to, and then if you outperform it, we'll talk about it again. You don't get paid based on one season, but that's the way this ends up going. But guess what? He did not live up to the contract that he got, but is that because he regressed? Is it that the offense was not fit for him? These are the things that we just don't know the answers to as fans. We just say he wasn't the same player, but why? So I, I've said it before on your show, Mike. I think he graduated from their offense, had a lot of success in it. Went to a Super Bowl with that offense. It's spread, RPOs, bubble screens off of a run fake, right? A little play action pass here and there. But if you watch Detroit, them under center, and you watch Green Bay, them under center, people are scared to death of them running the football at them. So then you have White House running wide open in the play action game. Like it's no mistake. Watch the Niners. Right, like now, can Jalen handle that offense? He's a great player. He's not playing great, but he is a great player. I think on the open market, Mike, he would still probably get close to that money because people see him as a franchise quarterback. So, I think it's just next man up, and that's a part of the deal of this league where he's just the next guy. You pay him that. People get hung up on the money, but I think he graduated, Mike. I do. Great. It was great to me at Oklahoma. It was great to me at Bama. Um, a little bit, I guess. He got beat out. But then in the NFL, we're going to do the, run this offense to get him comfortable. We have the receivers and the, the assets to do it. But now we're going to get under center. I think they can get some tight ends involved in the run game. Maybe go get a fullback and like do some play action, pass stuff, and go old school. I think that's the way to do it. Now, listen, I mean, if you're preparing for this game all week, the last time you played Tampa, you ran the ball 40 times for 200 yards. If the game plan was we're going to run the ball 15 times. Now, I don't know they didn't run it very well, but they got away from it early. And I'm not like, got to run the ball kind of guy. but Aren't you trying to do your best? Like, there's two things that last night, like, they just completely decided we're not going to even try to run. They ran the ball two times to start the game, then got completely away from it. They have no passing game. Um, they also win the toss and say, I got a great idea. Let me put the worst defense I've ever seen in my life on the field to start this game. So, I don't know. I mean, it, it feels like they were defeated before the game even started. And if you're looking at the game plan this week, are you saying, this is the one? This is the game plan that's going to win this game for us. We ran the ball 40 times against the same team last time and ran it right down their throats. And now we decided, nah, that's not a great idea this time around.
They didn't have options for the pressure, Mike. That's the biggest concern for me. Like, you know it's coming. So if you have this pass play where you're going to work the middle of the field, which I don't know if they really work too much of it. I think they had that slant at Devontae. But at the end of the day, like, pressure alleviates some openings in the middle of the field, right? Because it's hard to get the ball out to the outside. If they go tight man-to-man coverage and they bring pressure, then you could be a pick-six opportunity, right? That's not good. So you want to work the middle of the field. Like, where was that? That's my question. Uh, Mike, it's it's the most confusing thing I've ever seen. I've come on yeah. the show for years now and love coming on, but I have no answer. I don't. Or I'll be oh, the listen, first. And I don't think you're alone in that, Colin, because I don't That's think scary. There is, That's scary. Right. There is no comparable situation of like you can lose games and like there's those teams like Dallas, for instance, in Miami. There were people like, ah, they just don't they haven't beaten a good team. But they're not non-competitive. They just lack like attention to detail, and they lose by like a play or a possession or that one thing that cost them the game. They didn't get completely undressed and back. The Eagles are not competitive. They look literally. I, Greeny said it last week. If you flew someone in and they never watched football before and said, "Watch this team play," you would say that's the worst team I've ever seen. And so to say that I don't know how it happened, I agree that I don't think anybody can put their finger on it because we've never seen something to this uh, th- this precipitous of a drop. Two things. If you're sliding, it's on the head coach and the leadership to get it done. And really, there's could you pick like a a player's coach that the like players love right now? And obviously right now there seems like there's something going on, but like you're like Nick Sirianni. He's got a good relationship with the players. They're going to get this thing turned around. Okay, leaders, go through them. You're sitting in your car right now. You can name all of them. Brandon Graham, Lane Johnson, Dre, Kelsey, right? Goddard. Like, there's a lot of really – Jalen Hurts, a great leader. Like, there's, like, men. These aren't, like, child. These aren't, like, young rookies now. There's not many rookies on this team. Like, hey, this is a rookie who's, like, a dude or he's immature. No, this, like, A.J. Brown, who's, like, one of the best wideouts in the NFL, probably the best wideout in Eagles history. So, like, at the end of the day – this it's that's what's weird to me. And Mike, if there's so many warning signs when you look back, I've done shows right now from September 10th or a couple days after when they played the Patriots, right? They beat the Patriots by five, kind of sloppy. And everyone's like, oh, the preseason, like they didn't play in the preseason games. Like, is that why we're having that conversation? And then like the Vikings who like, oh, they're coming to Philly again. And you think that Philly's going to blow them out. And the Vikings kind of almost came back and won. And then they had that great game against the Bucks, And then it's kind of been the same story all year, like barely beating teams. My opinion, poor clock management against the Jets and that loss. Dolphins and the Bucks were the only two games that year where you're like, that's the Philadelphia Eagles team. That's it. They look pretty damn good. And then everything else, you're like, whoo, Chiefs should have been a loss, right? Like, barely got out of Buffalo. Thank God for their kicker. Like, so there's a but million. All those games, signs. I agree with you, and the warning signs, but they were not non-competitive in those games. No doubt. It's a great point. Competed. They were there. They might have just figured out a way to win but these games and, and and you're talking about they had the best record in football against playoff teams this year they were six and two against teams that were in the playoffs this year unbelievable you're talking about good football teams that they found a way to beat they got their ass kicked the last four weeks of the year by non-playoff teams arizona the giants they beat the giants but still did not look competitive in the game they lost the game in seattle and then look Tampa Bay is so bad that Philadelphia 
They couldn't even they, they dropped eight passes and kept the Eagles in the game because they stink so much and still blew them out of the water in the end. But Tampa, let's be honest, that's a mediocre team at best. And you got floored by them. Not competitive, Colin. Mike, it's nothing. I, listen, there's obviously this is a shocker statement. There's massive changes coming. Now yeah. people are going to call for the head coach, coordinators. There are going to be some players now that are going to be. Well, let me, let me ask you, because you played on a team where the coach got fired. Now, it was a different situation. It was a yeah. non-playoff team in Carolina. And, you know, it's different when your expectations are Super Bowl versus a team that did not make the playoffs. But can you feel in that room like something's happening here? Well, I mean, you're like always refreshing your Twitter, right? As a player, like, all right, what's going to happen? Because you find out on Twitter before you find out what goes on in the building, too. I'll say this, too, Mike. The expectations aren't Super Bowl. The expectations would be like dominant all the time. And that will lead to a Super Bowl. So, yeah, I get the expectations are Super Bowl. But like, if the Eagles were nine and whatever this year, or like 500 football club, somewhere in that ballpark, and we're really freaking tough and competitive and just lost on some like gritty games. And we're like working their way, like in the playoffs, but like grinding. It'd be a way different feel. He's not losing his job. He's not. Like, you're going to be like, you know what? That team, there were some holes, but they're tough. They're physical. They played hard on defense. They create turnovers. You know what? Jalen maybe threw a pick at a bad time or some guy fumbled. Like, that's how teams go nine and eight. And they're like, or whatever it is. And I don't even know the math on a nine and seven, nine and eight, I guess. Nine but eight. yeah. So, like, that's how those teams that are good, like, 9-8, and eight, you're like, okay, like, they're getting some momentum, and, like, they're tough, and they're gritty, and they're head – none of that in Philly. That's what blows me away with the men in that room. Like, I go to the players. Like, coaches, yeah, I get it. But, like, there's an elite group of dudes in that in those room now. There's, like, 25 guys on that roster that are, like, elite, really good players in the NFL, and a lot of them underperformed this year. And that's, to me, way more concerning, way more concerning than, than the coaching situation. Yeah, I get it. Players can't be replaced, though. Coaches can be, and that's how this business works. I'll leave you with this. And, and look, um, you're a player, so the players, I like the fact that players think it's on us. But when you're watching that team schematically on defense, they, they look like they don't have a clue. Mike, you know who? I mean, he, seriously, man. Mike, I look like a team that just doesn't know. I don't know what they're like. I it almost looks like, hey, go out there and play flag football and just run and follow the guy on his route. Mike, you know who the Eagles are? And this has hit me today. I was uh, walking my dog in deep thought. I'm like, the Eagles are the team. You know when you're younger and you're playing basketball or you're with your buddies, you're playing baseball, and, like, the older kids show up who are, like, really good, and you're like, uh, yeah, sure, we'll play these guys. We're going to lose by 50. And, like, the older kids are throwing alley-oops, and they're shooting deep threes, and they're kind of messing around. And then you sneak a win on them. You're like, damn, man, we just beat these older guys. And then you're like, hey, you know what? Run it back. Let's play again. So then you run it back, and then the old guys are, like, locked in and playing their style, and then you beat them again. Like, you think they're these old guys that are, like, stud high school players and you're in eighth grade, but they're just not playing well. Like, it doesn't matter what you think you are or what you have been or anything in this league. It will expose you, and there's a lot of great – I know a lot of these guys are great guys, are great players, but point blank period, like, they didn't play well. Yes, it is an organizational thing. It's not all the players, but – it's a mess, Mike, and I think drastic changes are coming. Uh, probably things people don't expect. Yeah. Um, well, we'll see what happens. Colin Thompson along for the ride, not for long media. Uh, NFL free agent tight end giving us a good look at a player's perspective of what you saw last night. And I agree, by the way, uh, that there is no right answer with this team. Never seen it before. Don't know what the heck happened. But 
something's going to have to change. I, I, I mean, you can't you can't go back with this again. You can't. You, nope. That's a loss. I mean, you're running into what the Chargers became this year. You kept giving him another chance, another chance, another chance, till you finally said in the middle of this year he ran out of chances, and it was a lost year. They were unwatchable. They were unwatchable. Yeah. All right, man. Good to see you. We'll see what happens, Mike. Appreciate it. We will. We will see what happens right here. Uh, the Colin Thompson Show on Not For Long Media here on the Sports Bash on 97.3 ESPN. All right. Waiting for you to come back.